2: The Around the NFL Podcast. Must talk more.
3: <laughs> Welcome to the Around the NFL Podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal in a room filled with some heroes. This feels weird. Mark Sessler, Chris
2: Wesseling, and no Dan Hansis today, unfortunately. Hey Greg. <laughs> Well, our friend had to to attend to some some business, and so we hope he'll be fine, and we'll uh, we'll carry on.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, it, it it's obviously a big day in the NFL. Dan's been cranking out posts like the rest of us the last uh, few days as the start of free agency, and right before we came up to the podcast studio, unfortunately, Dan just got taken away uh, from some urgent matters. The show must go on. Dan wants it that way, and you know it's not like we have a a shortage of things to talk about here, Mark Zessler. You're, Not at all. You're beaming. He's back in. The cloud has been lifted. He's back in on the 2017 Browns. We're going to make Matt Money Smith happy. Plenty of Browns
2: stuff. We can today. get into that. But yeah, I think that uh, you know a team that had absolutely nothing but desolate darkness surrounding <laughs> it has maybe made some steps. We'll see.
3: How's how's your free agency been so far, Wes?
2: Uh, it's been grand. Thank you, Wes. Yeah. Wes is on his way. Well, he he's on his way somewhere that we can't say right now. It's a it's a <laughs> man cannon vacation.
3: Mm.
4: You
2: can't wait to get out of this office. It's a it's a weekend.
3: A
4: weekend
2: oh. away.
3: Oh, you're heading out. I'm heading out this afternoon. You're ditching us. I'm while, getting out. We're it. just pounding out post. I mean, well, I've had no vacation since last year,
4: and this is the first day I've wow. been off. And unlike some other people, I asked off three months ago. So.
3: Shots fired right off the the bat. We actually, you know, we have a relative short time in this studio considering how much news and stories that we need to get through before the next podcast, the fantasy podcast, comes in here. So, you know, I guess we'll just kind of cut short all the little
2: chit-chat and get to it. God forbid we push them back 15 minutes. (laughs) Let's do some news, Sid. Oh,
3: I can't believe it. Oh, Brock Osweiler—the ultimate Brock Osweiler moment. Hello, Sid. By the way, I know if I was a better, you know, quote unquote host, this is why we have Colleen step in. Are you know, up to a rocky start? Yeah, we didn't really have time to go get a substitute host or anything like that.
1: It's all right. We're pushing on. We are pros.
3: You're doing a good job, Greg. Thanks. The Browns, at least so far. The Browns <laughs> and uh, the Texans are pushing on from the Brock Osweiler era together in a move that. I would say no one saw it coming, but some guy on a Reddit board and Bill Barnwell apparently saw it coming. Amazingly, the Texans pulled off a deal that we've really never seen in the history of the NFL before, sending Brock Osweiler and a 2018 second round pick to the Browns. A couple comp- compensatory picks and late rounds also exchanged to finish out the deal to Cleveland just to get rid of Brock Osweiler, get that $16 million in cash off the books. It's going to be coming out of Jimmy Haslam, the Browns' owner's pocketbook. He carries a pocketbook around. $10 million in salary cap space, gone from the Texans. Osweiler, for now, is property of the Cleveland Browns. Like, What was going through your mind when you, you first heard this, Mark?
2: Well, initially I read it as the Browns had given the Texans a second-round pick for Brock Osweiler, and I was about to just get in my car and drive off uh, the I-10. But when I found <laughs> out what happened, I mean, you, you you framed it as the Texans pulled off the deal. It's very much an unprecedented transaction that very much involved both teams. Sure. And it tells us a lot about where these teams are. You mentioned the Texans side, how much they wanted to get rid of Osweiler. And Cleveland's, it's a deeper look into Cleveland's analytics-based, if you want to call it that, but really just their how much they value draft picks. And they came into this free agency period with such an excess of cap space that they're one of the few teams in the league that could entertain or potentially spearhead this kind of mm-hmm. a deal where you take on this cap space— that you don't really care about this year. And they they've made it very clear in their press release, which was a crazy press release in a way, where they write up top talk about how excited they are to acquire a pick. And then, you know, buried below, oh by the way, Brock Osweiler, he might compete too. I don't think he'll be competing in Cleveland at all unless any other plans they have at quarterback completely fall through this offseason. Just stockpiling those draft picks
4: like noted money ballers Jimmy Johnson and Bill Belichick. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not a money ball thing to stockpile draft picks. Well, I, I don't like it that that's... It's smart, and I give both franchises credit for thinking outside the box. They both solve some problems here. The, the Browns have too much money to spend. They've got co- Confederate money. Nobody wants it. It's funny money. They can't sign Tony Jefferson, and they offer him way more than the Ravens do. This is what happens. It's, it's the... Whatever you want to call it, the losing tax—that if you have if you have a dysfunctional franchise, nobody wants to play for you. You're not going to spend all 102 million. So if you've got extra cash, why not get a draft
2: pick? It, but also, they're, they're, in, they're ammunition over the next two drafts. You've got two number one, three number ones, and five number two picks. Right. You have incredible leverage to go get the guy. When you find the guy, if at quarterback, it has to be about the quarterback. It, it's, I think, accruing picks is one skill, and then accruing drafting good players is another. They have to prove they can pull off that side of it. Well, or they flip the picks for someone. We'll get
3: to that in a second with possibly Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think the Money Ball and the Paul DePodesta influence comes in. I mean, this was a story that was interesting enough. I threw it out there at the at the dinner table at like. At 9 p.m. because my wife, you she, know, she's watched Moneyball. She knows Paul that's Like it's a crazy idea, and I think where it comes in is that they value a second-round pick at 16 million dollars. That they've done work that they believe that four-year contract for that player who has a good chance to be a starter is worth $16 million because you can say but it that doesn't didn't, ma-
4: That didn't happen in a vacuum. It wouldn't have happened if they didn't have historic an historically
3: high yeah, amount right. of cap but space. But I think that this is a creative and smart way to use that cap space. I think the thing that's lost a little bit is you said, well, this is funny money. It's actual money. And I really don't think there's many owners out there who would be convinced to spend $16 million essentially just on a draft pick. I mean, that's actual cash that could do a lot of things. And it sounds easy to us. Oh, that's, you know, he's a billionaire or whatever. $16 million is $16 million. I mean, think of like the the budgets that they go through in terms of renovations at, at their stadium or whatever. Like $16 million is a huge amount of cash that he's just essentially buying a draft pick for it, so you have to be convinced that it's worth
2: it. I I agree. I also think that, it, like you said, it's not just $16 million is what they see as a second-round pick. They are putting themselves in position to outbid anyone else when this bidding war for player X happens. And I think that, that they absolutely, it tells you something else. This is a front office and an organization that for the last five plus years, if not the last 20, have been flamed for being toxic from top to bottom. There is, at this point, I think, owner buy-in, owner, owner ownership buys into the plan to the point where they're willing to put a lot of cash into it. And for the first time, maybe in a long time, the coach and the front office seem to be getting along. They've got yeah. to nail the draft, though, or the whole thing could go down. Well, and you got to get a quarterback. Uh, Absolutely.
3: You know they're they're getting rid of Robert Griffin III, so that was reported by Michael Silver uh, originally. That saves you some money on Thursday. That saves you money, but you don't you don't have a quarterback. I mean, that's yeah. why I think thinking about keeping Osweiler throughout the offseason, if they can't trade him, isn't crazy to me. Because is he better than? Is it really that embarrassing to have him on your roster? Or do you want to just see if he's better than Kevin Hogan? Because if he's better than who is set up to be your, you know, your third string quarterback now, I don't know. Why not let him go through OTAs and see if he fits with Hugh Jackson at all. So they get rid of RG3, but they look like they have a plan. I mean, you said if they could get Jimmy Garoppolo, Wes, you might be all in. looks like they have a plan because it's not like no one's taking their money. Kevin Zeitler is the highest paid guard in the league. We'll mention that a little bit later. They have a starting center. They they replaced Terrell Pryor with Kenny Britt. I mean, they're making moves. It's not like they can't get people to go to Cleveland. I would broaden the scope even beyond Jimmy Garoppolo. It sounds like the
4: Patriots are pretty serious about keeping him. And if they're not, this is one of the best con jobs Bill Belichick has played <laughs> on the NFL and on NFL reporters. But it also, you brought in the scope and say, hey, next year you've got plenty of ammo if you don't get the number one pick. Maybe you get the number three pick in the draft or the number five pick. You can bundle all these picks and, and try to trade up for Sam Darnold or whoever the mm. the guy is there
3: because you've got – it's going to be hard to say no to all that draft pick ammo. Absolutely. Or, or a Kirk Cousins. I was just thinking off the top of my head when he becomes, you know, if he or becomes available in a trade next week, like whoever whoever it is that that you end up wanting to go get, you can you can go after him then.
4: Absolutely, and a little bit from the Texans' point of view, I give them credit too. Mm-hmm. They could nothing they've done in that quarterback room for the past two or three years under Bill O'Brien has led anyone to believe. That they realize they have a problem at quarterback mm. because they continue to say both those kids can play all the time, and we. You don't like it when people lie to you. I don't like it when I, when they lie to me, especially Bill O'Brien, who's handled that quarterback room so poorly for a
2: few years.
4: And this this shows it shows me that they want to get Romo.
2: They right. also don't have a quarterback right now, and they're not guaranteed of getting Romo. What either, are you trying so. to What are you trying to say about the quarterback that that's in the room there? I mean, they do. Tommy Savage? Tommy Savage is real. All right, he's real. But, I mean, Brock Osweiler was also a real human being, but he's not a functional NFL quarterback. I mean, everyone's getting
3: so excited about the money ball aspect and the Browns, and yet the Texans are the bigger. This is going to be remembered more I think because the Texans are clearing the deck for Tony Romo, which is going to be the biggest story of 2017. So, t- as a as a football story, I think it that's going to have more lasting impact. Wow, it's great the Browns pick up a second round pick. Everyone thinks that this is going to you know start a new you know style of trading. I don't think so. I think this circumstances unique. I mean, it could happen. Both both franchises, the circumstances unique. Yeah, and I think it could, it could and probably will happen in the future, but I don't think it's going to happen too often. That The you NFL have, might step in and make a rule against it. Well, the NFL
4: – It's the unclear NFL, if it's even
2: approved, like if, they, if the it NFL is, approved. is okay It of is approved at this point. I've heard that. But I will say that I think that they were probably not com- – they were thrown off by it a little bit. I don't think this is what the NFL wants to happen. But if you look at cap room in general – it's an NBA style trade. Right. We all know that. But but the, the, how many teams every year are going to have the opportunity to do what, what the Browns just did from a cap space angle? Well, I don't it, think the NFL is going to encourage.
3: And how many deals do you see where all of the money, sixteen million dollars, is guaranteed into the second year? They're, they're literally like I don't know if there's any deals like that in this year's free agency. Maybe Stephon Gilmore, maybe AJ Bouye. Like there's not a ton of guys getting those kind of type of contracts. In part, I think, because Brock is going to
2: scare them away. We move on to the one other thing, quarterback. Though, props to Bill Barnwell, our friend, yeah. who wrote about this months ago and nailed it on the head. I mean, that, I'm essentially convinced that Bill Barnwell <laughs> ha, is like traveling through time. There was also a guy on Reddit that did it.
4: Not only nailed it on the head, but it would not surprise me, and I think it's probably more likely than not that the Browns and Texans got the idea from Bill Barnwell. Oh,
3: it's, it's not crazy. Well, <laughs> I, I think Bill's great, one of the best football writers out there. People should check out his podcast. I, I go back way back. He wrote for the Road to World magazine back in like 2006. Um, I think Bill's part of the that analytics community and maybe these are sort of Ideas that are have been talked about, like how can analytics be used? Like I'm not, I'm not in that and community. It's I don't know in the like,
2: NBA. Like NBA fans around our office were like, "This is commonplace and bad." It's just right. not. It, it, we have older P, We have older GM types, and we're and starting to types. sound old in this conversation.
3: Well, I'm feeling like Charlie Casser. Why are these crazy well, kids with their abacus? I think, I I think, I think and everything?
2: some of the guys that are that are from front offices from a long time ago. This is not how the NFL was allowed to operate. This was hard to unpack for everyone when it first happened.
3: So the Brock Osweiler era is over. One of the biggest free agent busts, I think, in NFL history. Because now there's no recovering from this. Like, he will just be remembered as a total disaster. The Browns say goodbye. I can't (laughs) believe it. I know. I'm sorry, Brock. I feel bad at this point. Oh, you created that. It feels like beating up on the guy. I think he
4: could stand to be knocked down a few Peg. Oh, a few pegs from the I way think he was he, acting. At the I think land. he has been. I think he's. You know, money's great. I'm in sure, all. he'll his sleep life fine on his great. thirty-seven million guarantee, Greg.
3: Money doesn't make you happy, Wes. Money well, maybe he should consider that next time he leaves the Broncos for the Texans. Maybe he'll end up back with the Broncos. I, I'm not. There's no way
4: he's going back to the
3: Broncos. I think the Bills and Rick Dennison will take him as a backup at some point. He he knows that system he maybe could be a little better in that system. We have a mere 67 more times. I know. I know. I linger. This is the best stuff, though. The top. RG3, bye-bye. Brock, so long. Jimmy Garoppolo, still in New England. Although for a few hours, Friday morning, Mark, Mm. people thought, he was saying goodbye to New England.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I have dealt with some version of insomnia for years and years. You always heard me complain about it. And last yes. night, I was I had to go out on the couch and just lie out there alone. And I was looking at Twitter. You know, there's a lot of stuff still happening during this free agent craziness. And then suddenly, on Instagram, word leaks out that on Jimmy Garoppolo's blue check mark to prove Instagram. He types this with a picture of him with all the Super Bowl confetti around him. So grateful for my time in New England. Peace out, Boston. I thought, my God. And so I'm sitting there wide awake. The entire country is mostly asleep. Other people in England are responding to tweets and stuff. But I checked it over and over and over. Blue check mark. Is it really there? Did it disappear in one minute? It was there for another 20 minutes. I tweeted it out. Around the NFL tweeted out. Other people did the same and other you know, other media. Four AM Eastern. <laughs> it was an unbelievable sudden explosion of whoever was up at that point saying it's gotta be Cleveland, maybe it's Chicago and they're doing something else with Mike Glennon. There was so much speculation and Ultimately, NFL inside NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport was shaken awake by our newsroom. <laughs> at you know, he's complaining about being up at 4:30. I get it. What my, after a 14, he was still up at two in the day. morning,
3: by the way, yesterday because I I was up and he was tweeting out he was tweeting out reports.
2: Yeah, I mean, he got mere minutes of sleep himself, and you know, he fished around with the Browns and the Patriots and whoever else, and they said we're asleep. No one's making deals right now. There's no deal for Jimmy G, and Jimmy G, meanwhile, completely a wall after. Rappaport had confirmed that this was essentially must have been a hack. The post stayed up on Instagram for hours more, adding more confusion to it until it was finally deleted. But in my body, in my mind, I thought for a minute, my God, Cleveland has pulled off the oh, greatest 18 th- that's hours cruel. in life. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, well, for one night only, Sashi.
2: <laughs> They've I, had a good day, but that would have been a wicked, gigantic cherry on top, and instead it was the, the complete opposite. If Dan was here right now, he would...
3: He probably would have already set up a sashi drop before, but he would also admonish you, Sydney, for waiting that long for a sashi drop. This is like oh, sashi day.
1: <laughs> I've been like sitting on it forever and I was like, when is it when's the perfect moment? <laughs> good luck. That was semi okay.
4: That was good. Good luck getting back to sleep when the adrenaline is surging through oh, your oh. body at a level you haven't seen. This is the first time you I know you like Garoppolo a lot. Yes. You, you would have been, if this went through at one o'clock in the morning while you were on guard. You would have been more excited than you've been since Tim
2: Couch was drafted number one overall. It's like the Berlin Wall crumbling down. I would have was about to shake <laughs> my children awake and just put them out in the middle of the living room. What
3: are yeah. the – like there's a – I would say there's a greater than 50, 50 – <laughs> My <laughs> version of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> <laughs> pe- people are so in confused. Germany.
4: They're like, why, why are we sitting in the middle of the living room? We traded for Garoppolo.
3: And I mean, like, the wall yeah. is crumbling. I mean, Please. no wait. Garoppolo, but it was. There is some. There is some Cold War tactics going on here. I mean, yes. if it's as easy for Russia to uh, hack into our entire political system and shake that up, I guess it's not too tough to you know figure out Jimmy
2: G's passwords like Brady rules like '97 or something like that. I play behind Brady. I mean, so do you? Do you? I, are we convinced? When I, my one thing is like nineteen out of twenty times when athletes you know call out hack. I've been hacked like it's not true. In this case, it feels obviously completely true, yeah. but it's it feels strange. True. It
3: feels true. Unless unless there was – you never know. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you never know if he had, like, a timed out post and he thought yesterday it was going to happen. I don't know.
4: <laughs> I I think he probably got hacked, like a Larry McTunzel situation.
3: And, and Adam Schefter, and you referred to it, he was on the radio in Cleveland today saying – they're not trading Garoppolo. This is not news. Adam but
4: Schefter peri- has but, said this.
3: He's basically saying it. Period. That it's not happening. No matter what period. they're giving up.
4: He has said period for weeks. Adam Schefter has said this all along, which is fine. That's great reporting if Bill Belichick told him that to his face. But Adam Schefter doesn't make deals in the New England Patriots front office. Bill Belichick doesn't have to clear deals with Adam Schefter. Well,
3: I, even if Bill Belichick did tell Adam Schefter that, you know, you have to question the motives. Because I think this is going to be the story of the next six weeks. Not to look ahead, but it's going to be talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and possible trades with the draft.
2: Yeah, Don't I, I, I think? would say nothing is off. And Cousins at this point.
3: too. Cousins is still out there, what, I believe.
2: What if Cleveland? I'm not saying this would be wise, but Cleveland could say, "We'll give you, you know, two firsts and five two, five number twos. Is Bill Belichick still saying no? I mean, if Cleveland really, really wants right. this quarterback, there has to be a they, price. They can do it. And other teams. The one thing that did come out of the reporting yesterday from Mike Garafolo and Rappaport was that other teams that are put that had thought about Jimmy G and this the, the the chips have fallen to suggest this, all can see that nobody can outbid Cleveland at this point. They are the only team that has a shot. And if if Belichick simply wants them, then maybe it's all. Well,
3: and and I do believe the notion, and I think I think you would buy this too, Wes, that it's not all just some sort of leverage game they truly do think Jimmy Garoppolo is a quality starting quarterback. So they feel no need to get rid of a starting quality quarterback. Yes, Tom Brady's on your roster and you're always thinking about the future. But because of that, it's like we retain his rights. You don't know what's going to happen in 2018. You don't know possibly uh, ways that you could creatively come up to keep him when his contract comes up. Like, Every year is important and I I would you know as a Patriots fan you'd love to have Jimmy G on your roster next I year. I absolutely believe that Bill Belichick a guy who said last year in October
4: that the difference between Brady and Jimmy G in practice is seamless. There's a seamless transition. I absolutely believe that he's the successor to Tom Brady and I also believe he's enjoying the hell of the leverage he's <laughs> created because we chase that what that which runs away from us yeah the browns are just going to want jimmy g more and
2: more the more that billacheck says you can't have it but then if he if he truly is not willing for a trade to happen he, they're also think, driving up the price to yeah. keep him on themselves. He's going to be incredibly more expensive than he would have been had he just essentially done nothing behind Brady the same way a Brian Hoyer did or someone else. Now it's going to cost them a ton of money. To well, keep him. It, it was going to be them coming up with a contract that he would
3: actually sign, presuming Tom Brady's still healthy, is going to be... Close to impossible. Not impossible, but it's going to be very difficult anyways. I think a lot of people are downplaying
4: the importance of actually playing out the 2017 season. Right, exactly. injuries come out of nowhere. Exactly, And you are in a Super Bowl window. I think Belichick is fine with the notion that I'll go through this season, have my premium Brady, the best Brady insurance I can find, and maybe he, see, he does
3: see it, Or who it, knows?
4: Or a little, uh, little Dan's
3: gradual decline starts sprinkling in. He's not here. So well, Dan would root there. for
2: a Jimmy G trade somewhere <laughs> far away from New England in a second. But what's more valuable? You're absolutely right. Another Super Bowl title that further entrenches these guys as the absolute legends they are or a couple draft picks.
3: So Garoppolo, amazingly, wasn't the only person to say goodbye on social media before it was actually time to say goodbye. Hey,
0: everyone. It's been a crazy 48 hours here. and I want to say thank you. And we have a lot to think about here going forward. But we'll see what happens. Till then, I'm just going to keep listening to Bob Dylan.
3: That was Tony Romo in a, a very strange goodbye. Not quite like, you know, the, the tearful press conference he had. Uh, a strangely timed goodbye on Instagram, right? I believe. I believe so. Right it was when, Instagram. Yes. Right when free agency started, making it sound like the Cowboys had already released him, which would make sense if you were watching NFL Network, ESPN, or basically any other news source, you know, out of uh, Russian state television on Wednesday, which all said Tony Romo was going to be released, that Tony Romo was told that he was going to be released. But right before free agency started, we got the news. uh, no. The Cowboys are going to keep him for now. Ian Rappaport says the plan was never to waive Tony Romo. Very strange. And that he, as we're taping this Friday, late Friday morning, he's, he's still part of the team and they want to try to trade him. We praise the
4: Browns and Texans for, you know, give them credit for thinking outside the box and being creative and thinking in a new way. And then here we are, the Texans and... Broncos in March of 2016 initiate a bidding war for Brock Osweiler. In March of 2017, refused to initiate a bidding war for a much better quarterback.
2: Yeah, it's it's a strange dynamic. I I, I still think that the Cowboys have to get Romo out of the building before team activities start again. Before that whole thing happens, I mean, he could just stay home in theory. But you're, I agree. Aren't they just trying to see if they can get literally anything for him? Before? Well, why not? Don't you? They got a little bit of
4: leverage from Houston's trade, the Osweiler trade. Yes, because they you can tell that Houston,
3: I would think you could tell that they want Romo now. Conspiracy theory. I got two of them here. All right. Number one. Suddenly you are a conspiracy theorist. Yes. This one's more of just a theory. Tony Romo and his agent, you know, this is a theme today, maybe just because I wrote, read this big article. They're trying to sow some chaos, again, like the Russian government it's been trying to do to our political system. They're trying to sow some chaos out there in the media. Where does it come from that Tony Romo was told that he was going to be released? I mean, that, that sounds like it's coming from someone that's Tony Romo, essentially. That, that's strange news to be out there that it, it doesn't come true at all. And the Cowboys, essentially, are saying that was never true. So that's number one. On Thursday... We see reports from ESPN that the Broncos are getting involved in trade talks for Tony Romo. That's another strange one. Immediately, James Palmer goes on our network say that that's not happening. They, they haven't been in trade talks. These things seem like they're coming from Romo's camp. The first one, maybe to put pressure on the Cowboys to actually release him. They thought maybe if that's just out there, the Cowboys would feel the pressure to do right by him, quote-unquote, Uh, And then the second one, maybe to inspire Houston to get off their ass and trade for him, because I think they want to go to Houston. That's my takeaway from the last few days. Denver's great and all, maybe, as an option, but they don't have an offensive line. They're not close, whatever. I think he just, I think he wants to play for the Texans. I think maybe they even knew the Texans were clearing the decks here for Romo, and that's why they held on to him. But I, I think... I think it's all pointing towards Tony Romo,
2: Texans. One point, it involves more than one person. Your theory, so it is a conspiracy theory. Number two, <laughs> I think it's very plausible. You're absolutely. I think you're absolutely dead on with that. That this is that, all this stuff about the Texans and or the the Cowboys and Tony Romo just want to make this peaceful <laughs> transition to the next stage of his life. This is one of the cleaner breaks we've ever seen, but none of these breaks are totally... We might be talking about it in May. Right, up to now, it's just that I I don't think that Tony Romo is some wilting flower that's just going to be released after what happened next season without having some impact in it, and it does feel agent-driven. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to be happy if this drags
4: on and the Cowboys get like a sixth round pick for it. That's probably it's (laughs) not worth it. Well, that is not worth it. That is probably
3: that's the thing. That is probably the end game. Is like a best case scenario. They're probably getting like what a fourth or a fifth round pick. I don't know.
2: I he's about to Tony Romo's about to have about to have a third child. Is that the the number? There's a new child on the way, or the new child has arrived. I think think it's on the way. The, The drive from Houston to Dallas is very manageable. It's it's about three hours. It means you could be around your home, around your wife and kids, easily. And by the way, it's it's probably a, as good of a setup it's as the Broncos are. That's not how franchise
4: quarterbacks roll. He'll be taking Bob well, Air's private jet. <laughs> right,
2: and they and they look impossible. like a team that's I'm not ready, saying he's driving in a rental car between the two And cities. they look like right. a team that could compete for a Super
3: Bowl if they had a starting quarterback.
2: Absolutely. I think also if you, and again, to come back to this competitive nature that Romo absolutely has, I think he's undersold on that front, that to be in the same state and get the other team in Texas to Woo! the Super Bowl would be one of the most fascinating stories, and he knows it, and nothing would rankle Jerry Jones more. Right, which is maybe why
3: they're holding on to him. Like, people that... I people have thrown out whether he could possibly retire if 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 this doesn't work out getting to the Texans but when two sides make so much sense for each other you know i think it's going to happen but it could drag out the, the one thing to make clear the the cowboys have no financial incentive to get rid of him he, they only get the cap relief from getting rid of him after june 1st so in the meantime it doesn't really matter That's one quarterback situation that's kind of just like hanging out there. And another one we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, Kirk Cousins and Washington. We've talked about it a lot, but the news on Friday was that he signed his franchise tag West. Do you see that part of the equation that he's now officially signed with the Redskins changing anything? Yeah.
4: Who knows what's going to go on with this situation just because the Redskins are so dysfunctional, but – it seems like there might be some light at the end of the tunnel if the Redskins are willing to negotiate from that standpoint of $24 million. If they're willing to do that, maybe. But there are also reports that Kirk Cousins will not sign long-term as long as
2: Bruce Allen remains in the president rule. It's such a toxic—that house is absolutely on fire. And but, but Washington has the leverage over Kirk Cousins now that he signed it, and it's going to carry on for another year. I feel like this Their is leverage- another— they have a, a modicum of leverage, but it evaporates after the season's played. Oh, no, just for this season. I mean, right. you, you sign that thing and it's over, but it's, it just feels like such a depressing situation in Washington Well, for it, multiple
3: reasons. You said that report that they won't sign a, a long-term deal while Bruce Allen's there. I mean, and that, it sounds like that's from both sides. It sounds like Bruce Allen doesn't want to sign him to a long-term deal, which is crazy. What's, what's Bruce Allen doing? What, what's this guy doing? <laughs> He's, just, <laughs> He's tearing the franchise down. He, I think it's called pride I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of pride. so trade him if he's not going to be on your team after this year then they should trade him. Yeah, I, mean, I
4: never when it comes really. comes to
2: Bruce bu- Allen, it's not just the Kirk Cousins. It's the it's the, his ha- fingerprints the over the,
4: the entire organization. Well, that's the fact that they were never good when he was running the show, and then Scott McLuhan started getting credit, and Bruce Allen bristled at that, and now Scott McLuhan's not there anymore, and the Redskins are going to be as bad as they were when Bruce Allen was running the
3: show. Right. So the Redskins fired general manager Scott McLuhan. We've talked about this situation the last couple shows, but I think it really this is something I have the worst memory ever. And this is something I think I will go back to whenever I'm making any sort of like Redskins are dysfunctional rants in the next 10 years, that this is the franchise that fired their general manager on the day that free agency started. I, that is an amazing thing to have happened. I think it almost we were so we were getting ready for it. So in the moment, it didn't seem that crazy. But what could possibly look worse as an organization and be more embarrassing that you literally fired your general manager
2: the day that free agency started. Well, well, the only thing that can make it even worse than it already is, is that we know that Scott McLuhan very publicly acknowledges a struggle with alcohol and it's out there. He's out there with that. And that there are people out there reporting to some degree that the Redskins used that against him when that wasn't necessarily the only issues that Scott McLuhan faced. The issue he faced was Bruce Allen and the power struggle and the pride and the contentiousness inside the organization. That is what makes the Redskins the most toxic organization Woo! in the NFL right now. Well, what's it's the distance to number two is pretty deep. I think you should look
4: askance when – the Washington Post is quoting anonymous sources saying that he was a problem in the locker room and showed up drunk in the locker room, made a spectacle of himself. And then they quote six players saying that was never an issue in the locker room. Mm. Scott McLuhan was perfectly professional in the locker room and there was never an issue.
3: That is a major disconnect. Liz, Liz Clark and, and Mike Jones wrote a great long piece in the Washington Post. They've been really good uh, reporting this that that people should check out. I think Jay Gruden has done a really good job trying to work with a really tough situation because it sounds like McLuhan never really had all of the power, that Bruce Allen was making plenty of decisions. And now you're in a situation where they are literally the first team in NFL history to lose two 1,000-yard receivers in the same offseason. You have this Cousins thing hanging over you. You lost, by the way, your best defensive lineman, Chris Baker. I'm not saying they can't recover from that, but there's a lot going on. You fired your defensive coordinator – and you didn't get the big name defensive coordinator that they were were reportedly going after. They thought they were going to get some great, you know, coordinator, maybe a Wade Phillips. Instead, they ended up promoting from within.
2: This situation stinks. Yeah,
3: well, and welcome, I don't blame Kirk Cousins for back, not wanting to sign. Welcome it.
2: back to the Bruce Allen era, and, and, and it, it's not a good sign for the Redskins when Scott McLuhan and you know Seth Wickerson wrote an incredible feature on him a couple years ago tweeted last night that people from the Seahawks his former employer, the 49ers his former employer and people all around the league have come out to speak in favor of Scott McLuhan one of the most respected talent evaluators in the NFL. Well
4: we don't know the Redskin side either and it's a very complex situation when you from all from all reports it seems to be
2: that he is a functioning alcoholic who is very good at his job. Absolutely. How do you deal with it? Which is not necessarily the easiest thing for the people around them, but we we are not inside the building. You're right. So that is one spot where the quarterback
3: situation is kind of open. And another one of those spots is with the Jets. And after Jay Cutler was released on Thursday, as expected, there were reports that the Jets and Jay Cutler have mutual interest. I also happen to think, and I'll just throw throw this out there, if Kirk Cousins got traded, I could I see that as a as a very logical landing spot for Jay Cutler. Uh, I think he could work in that Jay Gruden system, and that just seems like a Redskins Jay Cutler type of move. But that's looking way ahead. If they did get rid of Jay Cutler, for now, Jets. Jay Cutler, Dan's not here to be excited about it, but we know he's kind of in on this.
2: I think Dan is in on the idea of the Jets getting the number one pick. How many times has he mentioned that over the last 48 hours? I'm not in on this
3: because the Jets are going to be so bad. It's just going to be an embarrassment. What's the upside for Jay Cutler? Making money, I guess. I mean, that's big.
2: I think Jay Cutler is the guy that if you're trying to get the number one pick, he's going to go win you four or five games and keep you out of the number one pick. Right, I agree. He's going to do just enough to not be bad enough.
4: I thought it was interesting that conventional wisdom is the New York papers will eat Jay Cutler alive. And Brandon Marshall told the Rich Eisen show on Friday that Jay Cutler has the absolute ideal personality to deal with the New York media because he doesn't give one damn. Jay
3: Cutler they say don't about care. Him. He That's doesn't true. care a bit what the media. Most think. athletes they say they don't read their stuff and that they don't care, and you don't believe him for a second, and you hundred percent believe it
2: with Jay Cutler. He he in that from that angle he fits perfectly. <laughs> he's, he's never, never going to pick up a tabloid the entire time. He's, he's
3: never down. changed, which is the you know oh. Dan, Dan wrote this and it is to his credit. There's no there's no like maneuvering the media with him. He is he is who he is. He's he and he's better than you know, he's he's a punching bag and yet if he was on the Texans last year, it's like they would have had a shot to maybe beat the Patriots in that playoff game.
4: No, like they, they would have lost him. in the most heartbreaking way possible. <laughs> right, probably They'd probably have
3: thrown in an interception in the last Probably, minute. but it would have gone down in the last few minutes and he would have been a lot better than a hand, than a decent handful of quarter, starting quarterback situations out there. So we'll see. I think that that's probably coming in New York. Let's flip to a, a team that on our NFL Network hit, On Friday, which if you listen to this in time, you probably won't, to be honest. But if you listen to it in time, we're on uh, the Free Agency Frenzy Show on Friday. NFL Network in the afternoon. We'll also be on Up to the Minute Live on Monday between 1 and 2 Eastern time. So people should check that out. Hopefully, we'll be well, on.
2: barring crazy news happens happening because then we'll quickly be blown. Well, then the we might get blown out, but you know, it happens. And we listed the the
3: Philadelphia Eagles as one of the biggest winners, specifically Carson Wentz after what happened in free agency. Chris Wesley.
4: Yeah, I don't. It there, I don't know. Carson Wentz is a winner, but there's some kind of spidey sense that I have that this is not all going to work out well.
3: Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith both signing contracts
4: with the Eagles. On paper, you've got two outside receivers who are deep threats. You've got a jump ball artist in Alshon Jeffrey, which should work well because Carson Wentz was sailing so many passes at the end of last year. And you move Jordan Matthews to the slot. On paper, it works well. Do you fix your offensive line? Do you fix your running game? Is all that coming too, I guess? But from Alshon Jeffrey's point of view, it sure seems like a risk. To, to go sign with one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last season. It is the highest. I know he's got
3: potential, but he was one of the worst quarterbacks. It could be like signing with Mike well, Portals. But yeah. he threw for 4,000 yards. Am I wrong? I mean, Everybody throws for 4,000 Right, but yards. that's what I mean. But that's what matters for receivers is yards and catches. So, I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of
2: yards to get, even if in a bad season he has 4,000 yards. They are paying him if it outside of franchise tags, the most money for a one year contract of any player in NFL history, Alshon Jeffrey. I'll say this though, part of the problem really? for Car- that's what was tweeted. Wow, earlier. I didn't. Part of the problem for Carson Wentz was the lack of weapons around him. There really was not my I mean, dysfunctional wide receiver group. So I, I like. Free agency and the Eagles love free agency under Howie Roseman. You cannot fix everything. Tory Smith, if he's the guy he was, you know, for times in San Francisco, he's not going to come in and and completely, you know, spread out an offense the way you'd want him to. But they're addressing it. They can still draft someone, but it gives it gives Wentz a chance and more weapons. And it, he had the worst yards per attempt outside of Brock Osweiler last year. He, I think it's easy for people. I love the idea of Carson Wentz, and then you go watch some of what happened to him in some games, and a lot needs to change for him next season. Yeah, but he also he, sh- he was up and down. I just want to see it. I just want to see
3: the second season. I think he showed enough that you I'm could be... Ex- writing, I'm not writing him off. No, it's you just could be, risky. Yeah, you could be, risky. You could be excited about his second season. I am to watch it. I don't think it's that risky for Alshon. You know, he, he reportedly turned down long-term money from the Vikings. Now, it probably was not a top of the market. I'm one of the top three or four receivers in the league type of money or else he obviously would have taken it. But he's taking a little risk. And I I think this is a little way of like, this is how the NFL is moving. Every year, the contracts get shorter. The guaranteed money gets shorter. The Patriots have been doing it this way. You want to talk money ball, you know, analytics like the The Eagles have a heavy influence of analytics in their building. And they have it's Howie Roseman. Uh, he has a right-hand man, Alec Halliby, who's, you know comes from that analytics sort of background. And I think, I'm just spitballing here, but I think these contracts that are short-term work out really well for both sides in the NFL. Maybe Jeffrey is great, and he ends up signing a long-term deal elsewhere next offseason. I think it's even more likely that he's great, and he signs a huge extension with the Eagles. If you look at the Torrey Smith contract, he only got 500000 guaranteed and it's a series of essentially $5 million options. So that's a very team-friendly deal. If he's good, you get him at a very cheap rate, and you can decide to keep him or not every single year. And if he's not good, you can cut him in training camp or you cut him after one year. A byproduct of this new phenomenon you're talking about,
4: players union and the players railed against the franchise tag for years. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, look what's going on now. Kirk Cousins has more leverage than any player's ever had because of the franchise tag. Alshon Jeffrey would have gotten paid more had the Bears franchise tag Yeah, been. It's
3: a good thing to be tagged at certain positions now. Yeah, I mean, that's true. and And I think this idea of, like, doing the one-year thing and going back into the market, it can work. Like Chance Warmack is a top former top-ten pick. He signed a deal with almost no guaranteed money in Philadelphia. If he has a good season there, maybe he goes back in the market. It worked for Nick Perry, who signed a one-year deal for Green Bay and then signed a $50 million deal this year with them.
2: And by the way, Alshon Jeffrey, suspension in his recent past. I mean, he's got injuries. Why not fi- take yeah. a year and see what you get off of well, one I year?
3: Well, I love the fit because Wentz has a big arm and – Jeffrey's one of the best at just going up and getting the ball, making his quarterback look good, 50-50 balls. And I mean, they needed it. They needed options. That Now that's, you know, assuming they don't get rid of Jordan Matthews, uh, that's, a, that's a nice little three-man group. Wes is making wild faces over here with um, a little bit of what I like to call breaking news, Sydney, I'm putting you on the spot as she's doing some other stuff. Oh, my. This one is is from ESPN, and it'll be a tricky thing to report over at NFL Network because the report is from ESPN's Adam Schefter, and it's that NFL Network draft analyst Mike Mayock has emerged as a candidate to become Washington's general manager. Sources tell Field Yates and Schefter. that That's wow.
2: Wild! We were just saying on the last episode, wonder if more teams start to look beyond the typical ring the old boy network of the same people, the same old scouts, the same old pro personnel guys. Mike Mayock would be a fascinating individual to take that job.
3: Mayock met with the Raiders long ago, famously he met with Al Davis for the Raiders general manager job. Am I, am I remembering this right? He did a, indeed. This is a long time ago. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, our guy here met with uh, the Bucks and the Eagles. Remember just a year ago, yep. it seems so. My biggest. Louis take. Riddick met for the Forty ers job, and most people believe if Josh McDaniels was willing to take that job, or it's a little unclear who said no to who, but if the Forty ers went with him, it would have been McDaniels and Riddick. Here's how the sausage is made. Mike Mayock is about to
2: get paid a lot more by NFL Network. Yes, he is. I will say when I did that mm. that calling the Leverage. game piece where I talked to color guys, analysts, the whole crew. Mike Mayock made it one, one thing over clear. If you want to, if you want to cover football from, from what he has said, where you have to break down film, you have to love it more than anything. And people can say that. I don't think every role in the NFL requires that, but for his it does. But I'll go back and listen to that 17 minutes I talk, spoke with him. Mm. He just literally – just go back and we, listen? No, anymore. I'm saying if,
3: you, if I were – Wes uh, wakes what, up at like – I mean, Mark wakes up at like 1 in the morning.
2: I'm already awake at 1 in the morning. I told you this. It's just like listening he, to he a whole He just Mike oozes Mayocan. it like it's all he cares about, and I think he'd be a fascinating person I could see to him, have that kind of an opportunity. I could see him take it, actually. I be, I think he'd be a little worried about the situation
3: in Washington – and I know you could get a raise from NFL Network, and I know we're really diving into a strange topic here. But he's lost his NFL TV gigs over the last few years. He had a couple, right? He had he was NFL doing Network, Dame. and then he was doing Notre Dame. Yeah. Sorry, and one was so one was in college. So he's he's a little he's a little less out of the the limelight, and a little maybe than than he loved uh, a few years ago. He's just doing the draft, and I think he loves that. But I don't know. He also knows his kids are raised. Lee Mayak is raised. Right. You know, you know, she she's out of the house. Good Twitter follow. You he know, knows so
2: many people around the league that it would be the transition would be less rocky. <laughs> West doing the rare. Uh, Move that, well, we that still have, we are down to, to 27 more hey, topics. Hey, I like
3: football, too. I like talking about it. We're we down be, to like 20 seconds per topic for the we, next. Lightning we round, talk, baby. We can talk a little bit of Mike Lennon, but I don't think we have to talk too much because we've talked about him so much. I like Mike Lennon, and I'm sick of talking about Mike Lennon, but he did finish off um, his three-year deal with the Bears, as we expected. The, the money was interesting, three for 45, essentially. $19 million guaranteed, which tells me – He's probably getting paid a lot this year. There's probably a little bit of money guaranteed into next year, but they could probably cut him after one year with some pain if it was a disaster, and it's really more of a two-year deal.
4: I like the contract. I'm not wild about the idea of settling for Mike Glennon when you get rid of Jay Cutler. I think you should aim higher. But this is not Brock Osweiler. I think he he has more tools. He has a much smoother release. He also has You went back and watched the little guy. I did, but he also has disturbing penchant for throwing balls up for grabs, and when you have Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, that works. When you've got Dion Sims and Marcus Wheaton, you're in for a world of hurt. I think the Bears
2: are gonna be a very run heavy offense in two thousand seventeen. My one takeaway from this, because a lot of dominoes have fallen at the quarterback position, was just looking at who even might still think about a quarterback in round one. I came up with these teams. The Jets the Bills, and depending on what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo, the Browns, maybe the Cardinals at yeah, 13. definitely and, the Cardinals. And I think the Houston Texans, if Romo fell through, you go up and down the list, there just aren't any other teams. And I think half of those would not do it. So it's, it's it's like a lot of these quarterbacks may fall into round two that we thought in other years they get cycled up deep that in round one.
3: Me. Bears will be looking for a quarterback, though. But not, yeah. at
2: number th- not at number three. No. That's what I'm saying. It's second round. That's that true. Point. Glennon...
3: I think he has a shot. Wes is putting sandwiches or something on the line that he won't be ranked in the top 16 of my QB index by the end of the year. I feel very yeah. I like about I that. like Glennon, and I think like you know a great a great outcome for him would be to be like the 20th best quarterback because as someone who I know is going to take a beating if he struggles this year. I'm not really liking uh, Cameron Meredith, can't, you know Kevin White, and Dion Sims. They signed as a tight end, and they signed Marcus Sweet. That stinks. Yeah, that it's stinks. A tough situation. And Jordan Howard, you know, that's, it's a, like what quarterback is coming in there unless they're truly a top-ten type of guy and really turning that team around? I, I don't that, know. That
2: organization has issues from the very top down.
3: Let's move on to what looks like a man – who's going to win me some high-octane sandwiches, Stephon Gilmore. I love you, baby. Gross. Sounds like he is going to get the most amount of guaranteed money in all of free agency, which I'm not stunned by. I put sandwiches on it, but I am stunned by that he got the money from the Patriots. Uh, it's not too often they go at the top of the market. They did it for Darrell Revis. They, they basically did it for Adelius Thomas back in the day. Rosie Colvin got a lot of money, but this kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Stefan Gilmore with the Patriots.
2: Well, th- the only thing that would, if I were you, would counteract your obvious excitement. Over I'm actually, this, I have mixed feelings. Well, the mixed feelings would come about whispers that maybe Malcolm Butler is going to get shipped out of town to the Saints, was it? That was it, one it, it, rumor in the Brandon Cooks do, trade. I do don't you know. Do you really want Gilmore over Malcolm Butler? I I mean I, no. It's it's a it's an interesting Are signing by me? the Patriots. But I Gilmore I barely would is, want
3: my son Walker over Malcolm Butler. Uh, Malcolm Butler is amazing. He's your favorite Patriot, correct? I mean, he, it's
2: just why not add it's strength the greatest play strength?
3: in football history in my mind, and then he follows it up uh, with two great seasons. A undrafted kid out of West Alabama and. And he play, he's such a fun guy to watch. I mean, I love watching physical cornerbacks that just kind of – Yeah, you know, he's undersized. I'm a little undersized, you know. He's yeah, you physical. Guys are, you guys I'm physical. The... He pushes people around. I push people around. I love this kid. We had him here in the studio, Malcolm Butler. I know. I guest. wasn't even there that day.
4: I know you're slightly impervious to this, Mark, because of the Jamie Collins fallout. But how do you resist the temptation to just say – if Belichick evaluates this player at that level, who am I to
2: question it? Oh, if oh, Belichick yeah. likes no, Stephon no, I'm Gilmore, with you there. Oh, I'm yeah.
4: already thinking he must be one of the top five corners in the NFL. <laughs> I and, don't.
2: I don't think that it's questioning Belichick. I just I, the idea of getting rid of Malcolm Butler to me right. is. I, but they no. But even thing? if he got rid of Butler, wouldn't
4: you
3: wouldn't you second guess yourself and say maybe Butler's a product no. of the Patriots? Well, system? well, of course. Like I now expect Stephon Gilmore to play very well. And oh, by the way, if he was a free agent at this time last year. You know, he would have been the he might have been the number one player on our entire list. He had a very impressive first three seasons. He did. Some people thought he protected himself a little bit of his free agency year. I think the Patriots do a better job than anyone, maximizing strengths. They're not going to put him out there in bad situations like Rex Ryan did and just like let him get flamed. He's going to I mean, I would be stunned if he didn't play well. So I'm excited about that. But what I would really be excited about is Stefan Gilmore on one side, Malcolm Butler on the other side. Devin McCordy in the back and now you're playing with fire and you're going a after secondary a, in the NFL. Yeah, you're going after, a, you know, another Super Bowl reminds me a little bit about 2017. Wes is circling his finger well, how about But that? I have some breaking news for you, Wes. What's that? I've negotiated 15 extra minutes for this podcast. So we have a little because
2: we because we must make this an eighty-five minute, that? minute production. How about this for a badly needed transition? Dan
3: was getting on me for you know keeping the oh, show when, short or when whatever. When Dan when Dan like the show the, like the show has been short over the last year or two, I I gave up. Dan on that Dan is going to click
2: fine. into this file and see the, the the play length and have an outright heart attack and he'll miss the next oh, few he's, episodes. He's going to be happy
3: that you know he's going to be happy that we missed them so
2: much. How about this for a badly needed transition? There is one cornerback the Patriots will not be with next year. Who's that? (laughs) Wow. Uh, that'll be Logan Ryan. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I mean, you
3: could have just gone and taken. There's no rule that I have to say all the Well, news. Let's why start not? It back yeah, to let's you. start doing that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't need this. Let's start moving and shaking here. Logan Ryan. Well, now we've gotten through the biggest stories. So I, I was fine. You chew the fat a little bit. I'm I stuff. I'm fine with that. And then you crank through the Logan Ryan three year deal with the Titans. I mean, what do we really have to say about these Titans? They've long
4: needed a slot corner, and their GM came from the Belichick school. Logan Ryan. He, dra- he drafted Logan Ryan. I mean, he was there when they drafted mm-hmm. Logan Ryan. If he's not the best tackling cornerback in the NFL, he's in the conversation. He, li- How many times do you see a cornerback lead a team in tackling?
3: And he's done it year after year, and it it popped in my head in watching the Super Bowl on some of those plays early in the game when they were getting stops. People forget they got stops the first two or three Falcons drives, and a couple of those were because of Logan Ryan's tackling out on the uh, edge. All right.
2: Let me. Th- so you know, let's use our logic from the previous segment. If Belichick doesn't want him, is he just flat out garbage at this point? No, he, I
4: think he didn't want him for ten million no. for a slot corner.
3: Yeah, he's but- a he's a guy who who's plays inside, who's been a probably a solid starting cornerback. Like average and I and maybe that's that's what it costs in free agency but that's a lot when you can get Stefan Gilmore for only four million I think more like when they year. leave
2: the building Belichick like in their sleep injects them with a serum where he'll never have like a season with more than five productive games again Titans also pick up Jonathan Ciprian from the Jaguars he'll start next to Kevin Bayard
4: I would think at safety so they're they're set at safety they should be and they still need an outside corner in a very corner heavy draft but they also were in the market for a wide receiver and didn't get one, so maybe they'll concentrate on – maybe they'll get Brandon Cook. And they and have Jason – the, the Brandon
2: Cook's asking price sounds like it's that the Saints are asking incredible stuff from teams, and I think the Titans are maybe not going to win that one in the end. Yeah, they, were, they were in
3: on Alshon Jeffrey. That didn't happen. And, and they have Jason McCourty, who I thought they might cut, but they don't. And suddenly that secondary looks pretty good. That's kind if of a the, – If they get another cornerback. Byard Byard was a nice nice pick. I mean, this is our lightning round. We're into I five We're on Logan in, Ryan. We are not in the lightning round. And one of the good things about going to these Super Bowl, you know, the Super Bowl thing is like now after seeing Logan Ryan, like he's he's like a he's a spitfire. He's kind of a leader. A mount, ma- you know, he's yeah. he's the guy that's gonna if the there's the, the energy's a little bit low. He's gonna go around the room
2: pushing some people. You could you could tell he had a lot so of respect. I guess Just goes so. around the room pushing. Their secondary was as fiery, I thought, as Denver's the year before. Surprisingly, they had a lot to say. Jacksonville, another team in the AFC South,
3: picked up a big piece in their secondary. A.J. Bouye. You know, a guy is a, a tasty free agent signing when every single team in the division is going after him. I mean that to me says something. I mean, it also cor- says something about the divisions. Uh, the cornerback lack caliber. of cornerbacks. Five-year deal with AJ Bouye. Very similar overall money to Gilmore. A little less. Um, it seems like a lot less guarantees for Bouye, where he, where in the third year he doesn't get it. But the Jaguars. Get the deal done with A.J. Bouye. They also did finish that deal for Calais Campbell, which I – did we talk about that on the last show? We did not. I uh, So Calais Campbell is going to Jacksonville. He was in our top five free agents overall. And once again, uh, the Jaguars are making moves. We did talk about Barry Church. That's what I was thinking about. So another like three big-time free agents and two of our top ten free agents, Bouye and Campbell, going to that defense. At this time two years ago – Send Derek Marks was the face of the Jaguars' defense,
4: and they're only above-average starter. And now look what they've done since then. Calais Campbell, A.J. Bouye, Barry Church, uh, Tayshon Gibson at safety. They pick up Malik Jackson at defensive tackle. Draft Dante Fowler. Draft.
3: Ngakwe was their best pass rusher last year.
4: Draft Jalen Ramsey, who's an all-pro talent. This. This is a transformed defense, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're one of the top five or six defenses in the NFL. They were showing Don't we go through they, they were showing year signs. Though. Look well, what they, they did in
2: December. They were showing signs at the end of the year, exactly. Jalen I, Ramsey was a legit you know what shutdown they do? corner in December.
3: They should call up the the um, the Chargers and see if they can trade for Gus Bradley. Bring Gus Bradley back as their defensive I like that. coordinator. I like he that. deserves
4: to coach this team. I like that. Wait, didn't they only get good toward the end of the year once he was
2: gone? Well, forget that they were about okay on defense detail. before.
3: The, uh, that's fair. I just uh,
2: hope to say, I know AJ Bouye. Ily a good, seemed like a very good player, but it was just a couple years ago that little Alteron Werner was high atop our free agent list, yeah, and we true. loved him. I mean, there's some, it's J- not Jaris a there's, Bird. there's not a huge body of work with him, and I you just want to make sure that it's that it's going to be the guy.
3: Yeah, the Texans in the end didn't extend themselves like crazy to sign him, although they were signing. That's always a a positive sign to me when the team really is trying to bring him back. I mean, they wanted to keep Bouye. They were offering big money, but they didn't have the cap space. They're trying to get Tony Romo. So that's it for Jacksonville. I like what they've done, and I love what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done. Weirdly, the most underrated signing, I think, in all of free agency is Deshaun Jackson. I don't know how Deshaun Jackson is so famous, and he's yet he's underrated at this point. I love that move for them, and I think he really changes any offense he joins. This was the perfect landing spot for Deshaun Jackson, and I disagree.
4: I think the most underrated signing is, is the one on the other side of the ball for mm. the Buccaneers, Chris Baker, who was the only productive defensive lineman for the Redskins the last couple of years, and one of the most
2: disruptive, unknown defensive linemen in the game. And you also, it's like not only do you have Mike Evans and Deshaun, Adam Humphrey's great season last year, Cameron Brate at tight end. You've got weapons, and, and depending on what they end up doing at running back, this is a playoff caliber offense, and their defense had great moments last season. I, I look at their roster, and I see, I think it has a little more
3: problems uh, on defense and, and the offensive line. than Like, I don't think it's until... And who's the, their running back? Right. Well, that's and what we need to find out. Until they added these two pieces, which I really like, I looked at the roster and I said, "Well, this is really no different than the Bucks team, like with Raheem Morris or Shiano or any of those guys. Other than you have Jameis Winston and Mike Evans, which is a monster. Other than, I mean, you have the quarterback that's huge, but I, I don't think it's like I'm just not penciling them in,
2: even though I like them a lot. But now this offense and who's the I'm loving back? it for Jameis. I, I think who's the running back? The, the draft has be an incredible running back group. And maybe you go there. Maybe, you know what, it costs you a lot less than you know going out and getting someone who's six, seven years older. The the numbers of Deshaun Jackson, I put this into my daily
3: uh, debrief, which I've been writing in free agency, nfl.com slash debrief. Uh, the numbers, Warren Sharp uh, on Twitter put them up, of Kirk Cousins throwing deep to Deshaun Jackson and Kirk Cousins basically throwing deep to anyone else. It's like Deshaun Jackson makes quarterbacks, good vertical throwers. Not the other way around. He did it for Nick Foles. He helped out Michael Vick's late career renaissance. I mean, that's what Deshaun Jackson can do. And now he's he's just going to see single cover. I mean, he's a guy that you have to account for. But now you're opposite Mike Evans. It's like, that's a problem. Well, it is going to be a problem for defenses. What, I what like. else do those numbers tell you? What? Kirk Cousins without Deshaun Jackson
4: and Pierre Garçon. Yeah. With a often banged up Jordan Reed is not worth –
3: what the Redskins will pay him, or what the Forty ers will? Well, pay. that's that's maybe
2: and why no the Redskins, Sean McVay.
3: That's maybe why the Redskins should just trade him now, like before there's any chance of his value going down. I think you get a ransom for him. The Forty ers they're not worried about spending. The, you know, they're not worried about. I think they would give a boatload for him. Just trade. Well, him maybe my, Mike Mayock gets in there and solves this Ooh, whole mess. I like that. Uh, let's move on to uh, no.
2: Little. Let's stay on this issue. A little. Let's t- let's talk about this for another three, four. Five little minutes. tackle talk. You didn't think Tackle Talk was coming back, did it, you? It felt like it was.
3: You didn't think Tackle it's Talk It's always around the corner. Was coming back. People really not a big response to Tackle Talk. No sponsor, no song. Was there any response at all? Sydney doesn't even pay attention when we get to Tackle Talk.
2: Sydney checked out like yeah. a half an hour. Sydney's ago. like doesn't have Sydney's Dan like, you know.
3: I am in her I'm every 2 negotiate. seconds. She's, She's like yeah, dad involves me in the show more. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Listen, I have been negotiating extra time for us. Yeah, I've been talking to shadowy league figures. Wow, there's a lot going on back here. All uh,
3: right, fine job by you. Tackle talk: the craziest contracts in all of free agency were at tackle. Matt Khalil getting 25 million guaranteed, getting more than 10 million dollars a year. Russell Okung getting a very similar deal, not as much guarantees in his contract, but from the Los Angeles. Chargers, Riley Reef, we haven't seen the money, but I bet it's huge from Minnesota. What do you got to do at tackle to not get a lot of money? Because Matt Khalil was a borderline disaster when he played, and then he missed all of last
2: season with
3: hip surgery,
2: and he got yeah. this kind of money. You'd have to be hit by a car probably. I mean, it's so hard to find good tackles. They're so getting paid like crazy people. So, Well, Dave Gettleman has the
4: benefit of all my doubts on the offensive line. they Fair. They signed Michael Ower and turned him into a passable left tackle. Matt Khalil's better than Michael Ower, I think. And, look, you can't discount, discount the fact that they just wanted to recreate Brothers on their offensive line mm. with Ryan Khalil and Matt Khalil. I mean, that's cute. I hope it works. Yeah. But they've got excellent offensive
3: line coaches
4: in Carolina. Right. And they, true. they turn careers around.
3: It's true. It's off in the system. And flipping that around, like, whatever is going on in Minnesota,
2: they clearly do not know how to coach offensive linemen. Why not make an offensive line out of the you know two thousand Westling brothers? How, you guys, when I've been around you, you don't always get along. You know, and having the brother in the locker room can be very good. You've got Sometimes you've got six higher. that are available, right? Your swing tackle.
4: Only a couple of us are stocky. Well, I don't think the tall, thin ones are going to work out well
3: in the offense. Why line. not? They're tackles. They're at tackle. They could beef up. You know how the offensive linemen, once they retire I've got a power little- set right there. The one who's a year can, and a half younger than me is six foot four. If Wes, there you go. Wow! If Wes was a NFL player, he's not going to like this, but he would definitely be a right guard. I can see him that as is a, some bull I can see him as a center. That is bull crap. You're strong. i have been laying the wood at safety. Okay.
2: <laughs> it's about me. <laughs> what so, what position would you be, Greg?
3: I don't know, Gunner. I would try. I mean, what's a you know? You can't really. I guess kicker. You can't I mean, be small and be in the NFL. But Gunners, they're not on the field a ton. They just got to be a little bit of crazy special teamer. I think I could handle the pounding for a few plays. Definitely
2: Probably be not. Like a defensive I would die. tackle. <laughs> no, no, I'd be like a, a little third down running back that like Scat annoys teams. You're woodhead.
3: Chargers, like Chargers and Vikings still have more work to do, by the way. Russell Okung, who is okay in Denver, they, they, they cut DJ Fluker. Uh, they've got spots all up and down their offensive line that they need to fix, and they've really Tom Telesco's no shown no ability to do it. Overrated
4: Russell Okung, the left tackle. Underrated Russell Okung, the agent who just got himself twenty-five million guaranteed. He there did. is
2: Mike Kliss from Denver tweeted that industry sources believe the Chargers may have tampered with Okung. So more to come on that. Yeah, well, he's his own agent. He's <laughs> at work. Yeah, but you're well, not allowed I to mean, talk to him before yeah, the free agency. Before, yeah, that they were maybe there it's were whispers. A tricky situation then. <laughs> Oh, the thing is, you know, that's not a conspiracy if you're Okun, Greg. It's all. It would be only Okun from that <laughs> Who's side. Who's he things. conspiring with? Well, I'm just saying, sneaky
3: loser in free agency. By the way, the Vikings didn't get Alshon Jeffrey like they wanted. Haven't really done a lot exciting, and then they're they're desperate at tackle. So what do they do? They they sign the guy Riley Reef, who their division rivals, the Lions, were all too happy to replace with old Richter, the Ricky Wagner. Let's move on to more offensive line talk. Quickly, the Saints signed Larry Warford. I don't know how this really even – we could, that could have been an 8 o'clock delight. We don't need to bye go – Bye-bye Jari
2: Evans, potentially.
3: Yeah, you know, we don't need he to gone. go to – he got in a lot of money for, you know, a solid run-blocking type of – Saints tackle. always have a pretty good offensive line. They always, they always like these big run-first offensive linemen, a little shorter. Uh, Warford, good signing, uh, you know. Fine. They gotta keep moving. The Browns on the other hand, it's crazy because the Jimmy G and Brock stuff got all the attention, and yet their offensive line overhaul is gonna have a much bigger impact on their two thousand seventeen season than any Brock Osweiler trade.
2: I love number one that they believe in Joel Batonio who when he's healthy, he's had some durability. Five
3: years fifty one million for that's
2: him. a good extension for them. He's been one of their one of the few draft picks that have that have really out outdone his, his draft stock. Kevin Zeitler is a. I don't care what the. I don't care about the money at this point, honestly. Kevin Zeitler was the number one guard in this class, and he absolutely helps them. And you don't have to deal with the Cam Irvin experiment at center, which was a failed experiment. You get J. C. Treader, who also has had some durability issues, but if, up and down, he's the center from Green Bay. Was pretty good as a starter there. You look at the line up and down. They have to figure out who the right tackle is, but it is a. That is a Hugh Jackson. That can make a Hugh Jackson offense go. He wants to run the ball; they can do that. Seems safe if you're gonna, if you're going to give someone
3: a lot of money. I guess Zeitler's not exciting, but it's exciting to there's, me. There's very little chance I think that that's just like a bust. And that you you're steal just like, him; oh, you thing. steal him from the Bengals. You say that.
2: Yet last time, yeah, right. last time
4: this happened, Eric Steinbuck was a. Bust for the Browns after stealing him from the Bengals.
2: Ooh, I wouldn't say point. he was. He was. He was solid. He was there when little Steinback talk. He, he was older. He was older. Right. Yeah. Little Steinback talk. Uh, yeah.
3: I think if you're, uh, the Bengals and you're a fan of the Bengals, you're pissed. You can't be happy.
4: Well, let, let's look at where this team was at the end of 2015. Bill Polian said they had the strongest roster in the league. John Harbaugh said they were the most talented team in the NFL. And then that playoff loss to the Steelers happened. And look at the team. At that point, they had arguably the best running, best backfield in the NFL, best wide receiver core in the NFL with Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu and A.J. Green, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Go to the other side of the ball, a great secondary, deep at cornerback and safety, pretty good defensive line, pretty good linebacker. They're worse in almost every single area. An offensive line that was top two or three is now bottom five. They don't they have nothing to replace Whitworth and Zeitler.
3: Their backfield has
2: mm. question marked coming up. Supposedly off they're starting
3: a at left tackle. That's,
2: That's the a disaster. Plan. He was terrible at right tackle. They're, they're good it sounds like they're a candidate to draft a running back in the first round. You also had a, st- a string of coordinators, three of them that left to become head coaches. You're one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. It told, You have a window in the playoffs.
4: You have a window, and this is why I love what the Texans are doing by embracing the notion that you need a quarterback because they are loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. This is your window. It is fleeting, as the Bengals show you. The Bengals are not a playoff
3: roster right now. I think losing Whitworth – Really, he's older. Hurts. He's. Older, I know he's thirty-five years old, still at the top of his game. But he's playing great. And at some point, you have guys that are your guys, and by all accounts, he was like the leader in that offensive line, and really the in in that team started the third most amount of games in team history, and playing at a high level. And when you lose guys like that who want basically want to stay. I think like, I, if they had offered him just a little guaranteed money into a second, I don't know. As a fan, that's a bummer. They made well, it awfully hard for Whitworth to want to stay because he did
2: want to. Right. As a fan, too bad. How about another team from Ohio gets a chance? Yeah, they're uh, – You had your chance. I they you it, Don't live in Cleveland.
3: <laughs> Not a good – Andy Dalton could be a loser.
2: Well, yes, no, t- they gave up – only six teams gave up more sacks than them last year, and now you've gone right, and the, done the, this. And you've gotten rid of the, the two
3: good parts of the line. Right. Uh, finally, before we get to 8 o'clock... To yes, light, please, more items. The 49ers have just spent an incredible amount of money, and so I just thought that should be noted. I mean, they gave... The worst contract, I think, in all of free agency was the monster deal for Malcolm Smith, who was essentially a bust in Oakland on a two-year, $7 million contract. So he got, like, a 300% raise in San Francisco to get below average starting play. At, at that Texans-Raiders game, I remember thinking, but the one, my biggest takeaway watching that game live was, oh, their entire game plan is go after Malcolm Smith. Like, he can't stop C.J. Fedorowicz and Ryan Griffin. Like, that is all they did was pick on Malcolm Smith, who's one of the worst coverage linebackers. So I didn't understand that. And they just, like... The Garcon move we talked about, I think it, it's good, but it's just a lot of money. They were a little too eager to pay more money than necessary. Like, Kyle Juszczyk is going to make more money probably than any running back in this entire class. He's a fullback. Kyle Juszczyk, look, Kyle Shanahan
4: loves fullbacks. He uses them. They're very important to his offense. So let's get that out of the way early. Juszczyk is going to get more than $10 million guaranteed. No fullback in history has gotten more than $2.3 million guaranteed. <laughs>
3: right, so that's like, Why?
4: They have
2: to see him as much more than a no. I get it, but it it just shows
3: it's like bad negotiating. Like if there's no other market, okay, make him the give him five guarantee. That's double what's ever been before. Well, he might be the most versatile fullback. He's got some H back to him. He's got some running
4: back to him. But if he's your lead blocker, what was what was so great about the Ravens running game? Nothing. If he's a, such a great pass catcher, mm. wouldn't he have a better first down rate than other
3: fullbacks? He doesn't. Had so beautiful. Had a beautiful, this, had a beautiful a John, dr- drive to almost beat the Steelers. That's what
2: in what, one of the best games of the year. Is is this a John Lynch inexperience don't know. issue? Or I mean, I wonder who, who it boils
3: down to. Because I, I think he's getting the players that Kyle Shanahan wants, and yeah, the agents are maybe winning some of the battles once. They kind of decide who they want. It's like, and you a, probably don't need to get Logan with,
2: Paulson in the building on day one. Right. Maybe wait a few days. It's another team with a lot of money to spend, too. That's it, true. It's, it remind, it's not the same thing as the Raiders when they were overpaying aging talent, because this isn't necessarily aging talent, but it's get guys in here. Whatever was here was stale and old, and we're getting new people in. All right. And uh, before we get to 8 o'clock to light, we have a little bit of breaking news.
3: NFL PR is releasing a statement about Mike Mayock, double Mike Mayock breaking news, that he has never had any contact with the Washington Redskins. Fascinating uh, (laughs) tidbit. I think that's interesting. How are you guys not into the make Mayock? No, I be? like it. I just I don't. Read, but, hey, by the way, read in between the lines. Yeah. Okay. You didn't have any contact with the Redskins. Maybe your agent did. So that mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect you to have it. You went double breaking for Mayock, but you ignored Lawrence Timmons to the Dolphins. Well, I was going to throw it into eight Let's
4: o'clock. Let's get one to the more night. breaking. I, I one had more a breaking,
2: plan. Sid. We're going to get Dan back in the studio at some point here. He's he's essentially had a full night's sleep at this point.
4: Per. <laughs> ESPN: Dolphins signing Lawrence Timmons to two-year, twelve million dollar deal, including eleven million in guaranteed. Wow,
3: it's a little much for Lawrence Timmons. This cool. I would not want to sign somebody away from the Steelers' defense. And right, going to aging. Do well. I think you lose in free agency by signing like other aging, slow linebackers. That's like what the Saints love doing. Hey, let's get the middle linebacker like Man Titea, who was supposedly visiting, that no one else really wants. Well, while not we're on the tackle. Dolphins. You also, I mean. Wait a second. We have more Dolphins breaking news. This isn't breaking. I got breaking news. Jordan Cameron uh, has announced his intention to retire. So he'll have played his last down. Don't know if that was breaking news. With the Miami Dolphins. But we were here. I thought go triple breaking news. It's never been done before. Andre Branch, three years,
4: nine million. A year and a half after you refused to give Olivier Vernon that money. Seems a little weird
3: to me. But the Dolphins do weird things. Mm.
2: They have to be in the news cycle, it seems.
3: All right, and actually, I, I lied. This wasn't you know this. We're moving into the eight o'clock delight portion of the program. But first, we're going to listen to uh, the first guy we'll hear from when we talk about eight o'clock delight. William Hayes, who was traded. Got traded today for uh, a staple and a coffee machine. So I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Coach Fisher and
0: uh, and uh, and Cronky man for giving me the opportunity to play here, and Greg Williams too.
2: But damn, a coffee cup, though, man, and a mug. <laughs> I think that's the Rams' version of analytics.
3: But basically, he he got traded to uh, Miami for a move down from the six to the seven. Zero. He shouldn't be complaining because he keeps his old contract, and that might be better than he would have done, anyways. Yeah, I think he's just not a fit
4: for Wade Phillips' three-four defense. I like I like William
3: Hayes. All right, let's do a little eight o'clock delay. Ravens agree with Brandon Williams. How did this get into 8 o'clock delay on a $54 million contract? Highest paid nose tackle in the league. They're also releasing Lardarius Webmark.
2: I love the Ravens free agency period. You get Tony Jefferson. You also keep Brandon Williams, someone that would have been a big guy to lose. Nice job, Baltimore. They always get it done. Poor guy. Top five. Don't be a nose
3: tackle. Top five guy on our top 101 list, and he gets stuck in 8 o'clock delight. Julius Peppers also can be angry. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's returning to Carolina, Chris Wesseling Going back home. He grew up in Carolina, was a two-sport star at North Carolina University,
4: and started his career, had an NFC Defensive Player of the Year in 2004 mm. with Carolina. They might have the deepest front seven in the NFL. You've got Mario Addison and Coney Ealy
3: coming off the bench. They are getting aggressive this offseason. I don't think Dave Gettleman liked being 7-9. and nine. Rashad Jones, this one was under the radar, signed a
2: five-year extension to stay with the Miami Dolphins, Mark. I, arguably one of the best bus safety in football. I mean, I, I don't know. That seems like a no-brainer. Resigning to me. Miami hasn't been too crazy
3: active. Uh, good job, Bobby. restraint t- Tannenbaum. Although you gave a little too much to Timmons. Micah Hyde signing with the Bills, who also picked up you know a couple fullbacks on day one. One of the most versatile defensive backs in the NFL. Good good pickup for the Bills. The Detroit Lions. Let's run it back one more time. Released DeAndre Levy. Just signed a big-time extension a few years ago and then couldn't stay healthy.
2: Had any issues. Turns 30. Yeah, I mean, Lions are, you know, spending some money. They're getting rid of some money.
3: Saints bringing back Nick Fairley, the only man to eat himself out of New Orleans and into a bigger contract. He gained weight in New Orleans like everyone does. Gets a $30 million deal. (laughs) Yeah, he's coming off the best season
4: season of his career, I think. The Saints also added some slow linebackers. I'm not sure if that defense is going
2: to change. I'm not. By the sh- way, I'm
3: not sure you want Fairly on a long term thirty million dollar deal. I think you'll like him when he's on the one year hungry
2: deal. In the middle of the night, right before that Garoppolo news hit, read an article about the fact that Fairly got into some sort of public war of words with the beloved R and B group Jagged Edge during some public festival. Whoa! You don't want to mess so with. So he's a head case. Edge. I would have taken Jagged Edge for, like, a hard rock group. I'm more of an H-Town
4: guy.
3: Finally, uh, Broncos adding ex-Cowboys guard Ronald Leary. Only uh, move Broncos have really made. Yeah, so your tackles were swinging
4: gates last year, and you fixed guard. I don't know how that's going to (laughs) work. That's it. See?
3: I shouldn't. Screaming. It's going to be terrible for people's ears. We missed Dan Hansis.
4: Before we leave the news portion of the show. Well, that's the whole portion. There's no more. Yeah. I just I, – I come back to us, Dan is I believe the Osweiler trade is a nail in the coffin. Look, Dan was doing this all for a bit or to teach a lesson to Handsome Hank, but it's a nail in the coffin to anyone who used the logic that Brock Osweiler led the Texans to the playoffs. <laughs> they gave away wow. a second-round pick. True. They invented a move to get rid of the right. guy that you claim led them to the playoffs. You got to
2: bring that up God! when he's back in the room, baby. Yeah, the uh, –
4: I don't even blame Dan. I blame all the thousands of Twitter followers who came at me and took Dan's side
2: (laughs) because they lack any semblance of logic. Dan will listen to this and he will come in and declare utter vengeance on you. Good job. I hope you enjoy your vacation weekend. Well, it it
3: is something. At least, Brock, the the era has something because now, whenever players get dumped for salary, you got Brocked. You got Brocked. You got (laughs) Brocked. That means you got Brocked. I can't believe it. I can't believe uh, we got through this in time. Um, of course, you know, we mentioned him so much, you would think he was even here. That's how much we missed Dan. Unfortunate, uh, he couldn't be, you know, with us. So we're we're thinking about him. And uh, the good news is this train rolls on. We'll be yeah. back on this Monday. This felt
2: like a session of Congress.
3: <laughs> what? That it was it long?
2: Very enjoyable. But I i mean, how old am I now? What's happened? Who? Am, what's going on?
3: Uh, we will be back on Monday and... We'll also be on up to the minute live on Colton's getting married this week Monday.
2: Can't be there, gotta be working tomorrow. David Col- Ealy.
3: Colton just he's he's at he's just getting back from the Combine. <laughs> it's on know. you, David Ealy. Uh Monday, <laughs> Wednesday, and we will have a third show next week. Not sure if it's gonna be Thursday or Friday, but uh until then everyone enjoy their weekend, everybody. For Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, one morning, Carlson. Item. I'm Greg Rosenthal. We'll see you next week.